Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good being with you today. Uh, We are here for the 44th episode of the Holy Man podcast. It is the fourth of this semester that we are involved in uh, looking at the... uh, We've been going through the book that Gene Getz wrote many years ago called The Measure of a Man, 20 Attributes uh, for Becoming a Godly Man, and it's been a great journey. I've had some great discussions in our life group so far. Uh, man, it, it, it's hitting us all in different ways at different times. And uh, today we have another one of those uh, great uh, discussions that we're going to have today. Uh, I have a guest uh, with me today. He is becoming uh, more and more a good friend of mine as we spend time on the journey of faith together. Uh, he does not have everything figured out yet, guys, uh, just like me. And so that's what makes us uh, work well together. But I have uh, Dave Peterson with me today. Uh, Dave, it's good to have you with us today. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, it's great to have you. Dave, why don't you just, so the guys, I, mean, there's, I guarantee you there's some guys out there that don't know you. Uh, so just to introduce yourself a little bit by telling them about your family dynamics, what uh, your family makeup looks like, uh, the kind of work that you do, and uh, just so the guys get to know you a little bit. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm Dave Peterson. Uh, I'm married to my wife, Tracy. How many years? 32. Uh, do I need to ask her that to make sure you got it right or you got it right? 33, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, we've got two daughters. Yeah. Uh, 129, 132. Uh, they're not going to uh, like you telling their uh, age, so hopefully they don't listen to this. No. So we are empty nesters. Uh, we've had to learn to... Get along together yep. and uh, get through that. Uh, we've got a couple grandchildren with our oldest daughter, uh, four-year-old boy and a two-year-old daughter, or granddaughter, right. excuse me. Yep. Uh, we get to spend some time with them. Just got done having them this weekend, which was a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> if, be... if I understood correctly, they kind of showed up and you didn't know that they were didn't, coming? Didn't, I'm probably sure I knew they were coming, but... Forgot. Forgot, yeah. (laughs) So it stirs up. It changes the weekend, doesn't it? It does. Uh, When your kids show up or your grandkids show up. Something unplanned. Yeah. But uh, um, I'm an equipment manager at one of the local coal mines. Uh, So manage uh, four crews and superintendents. And uh, How long have you been doing that job? uh, I've been at the mine uh, going on 26 years now. Wow. Um, I've been doing the manager role for uh, about six years. So I'm sure that there are some days that uh, you know what to expect as you go in there, and then there's those other days that... Other days where you have to just react to the 
circumstances yeah. you're dealt at. Sure. And that's going to play into our conversation a little bit today. Both, you know, you think about just that little bit that you shared with the guys out there that we don't always know what the day is going to bring us or the weekend or the week. Uh, you know, things get thrown at us and changes the plans and we don't know what's going to look like. And, uh, and we've both had... Absolutely. Had those days. And guys, I know that all of you out there have had that on your journey. Uh, it's just part of life that uh, we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. Um, we, we might have a plan. We might generally think we're going to work. Uh, we might generally think uh, we're going to watch football on a weekend. We have a general plan, but then life comes at us. And, uh, and because we never know uh, what's coming, it's going to play into uh, our topic for today then, Dave, is, uh, you know, as we look at this uh, this uh, book that uh, Gene Getz has written for us. In the fourth chapter, he shares this understanding of temperance. And uh, it, you know, again, he's taking things out of First Timothy chapter three and the book of Titus. And he shares this understanding that he that he gives that for for being a godly man, this attribute of temperance. Now, the Greek word is, I don't know if I'm going to say this perfectly correctly, but it's nephalios, I think is what it is. And uh, and, and what's interesting, this is one of those words in the Greek that is so hard to translate into our English language or American language, I should say. Uh, It can mean things like temperate, which we'll get into what that means for those of us who don't know what that means. It can mean sober, and it can mean alert. And uh, temperate, and if you look in the dictionary.com definition for temperance, it means uh, moderate or self-restrained, not extreme in opinion, statement, or etc. So it, it, it shares this understanding of being of temperate being calm, self-restrained, moderate, uh, you know, not extreme in anything. And that's where the word sober means that you're not all over the place, but instead you're more steady with life. Now, as, I, as we read the book, Gene Getz, he had a really great definition from a Christian perspective. As he read out of 1 Timothy and he looked at the word temperance in other parts of Scripture, he has this great definition. Uh, it says pa- Paul, the Apostle Paul, was describing... With this word, he's describing Christ followers who have a clear focus on life and who don't live in a constant state of anxiety because of world conditions. In other words, temperate biblical Christians don't lose their physical, psychological, and spiritual orientation, regardless of the changes that violate biblical values, they maintain stability and steadfastness. So David, as you think of this word uh, or this concept of temperance, uh, you know, does it make sense to you why it would be important to us in our walks of, with God? Oh, absolutely. It, uh, we have to uh, think about our answers. We have to think about the way we deal with people. We have to no matter whether they're grandchildren or with the people that you work with in the mine. Yes. And I tend to go back toward the mine a lot because I I do deal with people a lot. And it it doesn't matter the day. Somebody will be having a bad day. Somebody will be having a good day. And you have to be able to react to either one. Absolutely. And things break at the mine. Uh, People, 
get sick and they don't show up for work, you know, have all these things that change what the day looks like. And so this idea of temperance, of being steady, no matter what the world brings at you, can be so important in so many different ways. Uh, you know, the image that I get with this, Dave, uh, I'm, now I'm a heart patient, so I understand this image pretty much. I don't know if you ever saw one of those heart monitors uh, that they have in the hospitals that, you know, that register the steadiness of the heart. Yep. And if it's steady, that can be a good thing, if the, as long <laughs> as the heart's in the right place it should be. But, you know, when things get a little anxious when when our blood pressure maybe goes up when when things get out of whack that that the beats can get a little out of whack right and so you think about the that heart monitor a little bit and you know when things come at us we all deal with them in a different way and i truly believe that it, it might depend on what's coming at us on how we react and respond to this and i know that you and i have laughed about this dave we have we, no, we need to be careful about this, because I, I have a feeling that both your wife and my wife will be listening to this at some point. And <laughs> so, prove, I'm sure. So we, we, we want to be careful what we say, but I, your, wife, your wife, I know Tracy, and my wife, they deal with things a little differently than you and I do. Yes. Um, they tend to be a little bit, let's, let's use the word emotional, about certain things they might, you know, because Gene used the word anxious, of anxiety, and they might get anxious about certain things more than you and I do. Would you agree right, with that? Right. And, and it doesn't mean that they're right, that we're wrong. It just means that they were created, they're wired differently. I think it's, truthfully, it's more of their personality and their DNA than it is necessarily their faith, because both your wife and my I know Tracy, yes. she, she has a deep faith. Very faithful. Yeah. And so, and I know my wife does it well. So it, it's not a faith thing; it's a personality thing. And but at the same time, Dave, as you and I laughed at this, you and I get worked up about certain things as well. Yep. My wife uses the the word procrastinate. Okay, why is that? Because I I tend to I want to step back and I want to think about things. Okay. The anxious and emotional side of them comes out and wants to get things done, and I want to. They want to answer more quickly. Think about things, think through some reasoning. Yeah. And, and so we, we try to bring a more – my wife, and she knows this, she, she appreciates how I bring a steadiness right. in those moments where maybe life is coming at us, and I, I stay, keep calm as much as possible. But on the flip side, though, there are things that stir me up, that get me frustrated. For me, it's not so much anxiety. It's more of a frustration thing. When things don't Absolutely. go my way, when yep. things don't happen the way I want them to. <clears throat> For instance, uh, my wife went away. She had to go down to Denver last night. She went with Valerie. They went down for a doctor's appointment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and some shopping, Dave. They, oh, yes. they had to throw that to do some extra <laughs> shopping down there as well. But that left me at home with my 10-year-old son, Daniel. And so the the problem is we Daniel and I had a great day yesterday, but this morning, getting him ready for school, Karen usually is the one that gets him ready for school. Right. And she has a routine that she uses for Daniel. Daniel is great with routines. When he knows the routine, he is great with it. My routine is slightly different. And it's not that I don't know Karen's routine. I'm just, I'm different, Dave. Different. <laughs> and so when I threw a little bit of my change into his morning routine, 
it didn't go as well. Daniel's very quickly said, that's not the way mom does it. <laughs> and so when he says that to me, that frustrates me a little bit. Right. And so the potential was there for me to get out of whack. That, you know, to allow my frustration to make me untemperate, I guess is the way I would say it. Yes. Have you been there, Dave? Been there. Had the grandkids for the weekend and went through a little <laughs> bit of the same same situations. Yeah. They wanted to play and I'm getting ready to go on a an elk hunting trip and I had things I wanted to do or needed to do in, in my mind and yeah. the grandkids were there and they wanted my attention and I had to... Uh, Give them your attention. Give them my attention, absolutely. <laughs> uh, with grace and love and no... T- yes. And, you know, so that's the thing. We have these moments, and just like Tracy and Karen, they have moments where they have their heart beats go a little bit quicker and higher, and so do we. Yep. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, with our faith, I think that's where Gene brings us into us then, is he talks about this in this book. Uh, this chapter, he wants us to have this understanding of how our relationship with Christ should, and truthfully, I know it does, because I know I'm a different man today than what I was a long time ago. And so he shares this understanding that our walk with Christ should change our temperance or how we deal with these things in the world that potentially come at us. And so Dave... I know your faith journey a little bit. Uh, I know the long-term journey, but I also know the more recent journey that you've been on. And so, Dave, I you know you have grown in Christ a lot, and you've started, you've changed a lot of your habits in the last couple years, and because of that, I've seen a difference in you. Yes. And that's kind of why I have you on the podcast today. And I'm hoping that other guys that interact with you are seeing that as well out there. I'm hoping Tracy has seen that. And so I want to ask you, in this area of temperance, and knowing how, whether it's grandkids, whether it's things at work, would you say that you are different today in how you deal with some of these things of life that come at you today in comparison to what you were, say, five years ago? And how can you say that about your faith to, to be part of that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it, I was thinking back when about five years, um, I remember a couple, I guess, maybe slaps in the face, but uh, I I used to have a little bit of a temper. It, it, it would build, I'd react. Um, I don't remember what we were doing, but one day, one day we were... Uh, working at the mine and we were talking about something, some was going nuts, not exactly the way I wanted it to. And, yep. and uh, one of the guys said, oh no, Dave's getting mad, Uh oh, you know, and, and that, that kind of set me back a little bit you know, I, I didn't realize that, you know, by, by our, our body languages, the, obviously my, vo- my voice was changing, raising a little bit, but yeah, that, that kind of set me back a little bit and made me think there. And then, uh, you know, it'd been, I kind of got that under control five years ago or or whatever it was, five, six years ago. Um, And then, you know, it happened, oh, maybe a year ago, maybe less, but uh, again, kind of the same, same slap in the face kind of setback was, you know, I got, I got a little, little wound up about something and had, had one of my, my employees kind of talk to me and set me back straight like we need from time to time. So, um now I try to be aware of that. I try to um, think about what my facial expressions are doing, uh, pay attention to my body language, and uh, 
we, we walk through it and we reason and I ask different questions, try to understand things more than, than just reacting. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Dave, if you remember our life group conversation, we talked about reputation. Yes. And so you're, you're bringing that back into this conversation because what you said is five years ago, they, they demonstrated to you that you had a reputation that when things in this world get out of whack, you got upset. Yeah. And so you had that reputation. And so the cool thing is that you're beginning to change that reputation. And that's one of the things we talked about in that class or in that discussion that we had a couple of weeks ago is we talked about how we how God can change us and therefore change the reputation that we have in all of these different areas that we're talking about. Absolutely. And so it's cool that you, you're bearing witness to that. Here's one of those areas in our lives that, that God can move us and change us and, uh, and how he can affect our temperance in how we interact with things of this world. Um, you know, Dave, in the, in the book, he talks about how uh, there are so many different things in life. You know, we talk about politics. There are some guys that certainly get up, worked up yes, about politics. Are. <laughs> or politics. are you one of them? No. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd rather not even watch it. Yeah. Just I, let it go by. I, I try to be informed as best I can when it comes time for an election, you, uh, you know, partly because uh, my, my, family, my wife does not like paying attention to politics because it does get her worked up right. if she gets too much focused on it. So she just says, help me understand what are the issues. And, and so, but, you know, we do need to be aware that politics, they're part of life. It's part of how we, it, it in, interferes with our life in a good way and a not so good way sometimes. And so we need to be aware. And, but, and there are some people who allow things like that in this world to work them up. And so, to think about how can our faith then, how can our walk with Christ, whether it's politics, whether it's, we've talked, we've laughed about this in our life group, Dave, that there's several guys that struggle driving down through Gillette, driving even though, the, even though yeah. there's not much traffic in Gillette. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I've lived in other parts of the country. There, We don't have much traffic here. But even so, there are individuals who still struggle with the traffic and they get worked up. They allow that heart monitor to go higher sure. Whenever they're stuck in traffic or there's someone slow in front of them or whatever that might look like. Um, or whether you're at work and you're dealing with the stuff at work, whether you've got grandkids, there's so many different things in life that can smack us, that can cause us to be anxious. Um, you know, some of my two college kids down in, uh, at, uh, in college right now, they're dealing with some stuff right now that are just causing them some anxiety. And that is causing my wife some anxiety because mama bear is hurting. Yep. And so, you know, it gets that heart going a little bit. We, we're all going to face these things. So the cool thing is Gene doesn't leave us hanging in the book. He, but instead he shares, if you're going to be a man of temperance, if you're going to be a man that allows your walk with Christ lead you in that temperance, he shares some things to help us in that understanding. So Dave, Dave I want to talk about a couple of those things that he brings up, and he he brings this up out of, uh, he shares a little conversation first out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the first eight verses, where he's looking at, for those of us who are in Christ, we know that Jesus is going to return someday. And he brings that passage, the day of the Lord, he calls it, uh, or Paul calls it in, in Thessalonians. It's the day when we know Christ will return, 
And for those who are in Christ, we're going to be eternally in heaven. And out of that understanding then, he says, you are a person, if you have that faith level, then you are going to be a person of soberness or temperance in how you live your life. And that's going to come because of three things, he says, because of faith, because of hope, and because of love. And so the first one he talks about, Dave, is this idea of faith. And it's he's, he begins a conversation by saying, if you're a person of faith, it means you have placed your faith in Christ for your salvation to eternal life. And that's an important one for us. And we both are Christians. We both have that faith in Christ. Yeah, you bet. And, uh, but on top of that, though, he also gives us understanding that it's not just that eternal faith that we have, but it's the day-to-day faith that, Dave, you have taken your life, and you say to God, I'm going to trust you, or I'm going to put my faith in you for these different parts of my life. Right. Now, Dave, for all of us guys, we're on a journey, and we all take different parts of our life, and we trust God with a certain part of our life, but maybe we don't trust him with as much of the other part of our life. For instance, there are some of us that might trust us, say, God, I'm going to trust you with my relationship with my wife. But when it comes to my finances, God, I'm still trusting in myself more than I'm trusting in you. <laughs> God, I'm going to trust you with you know, my bedtime routine, but I'm not going to trust you with what I watch on TV right before I go to bed. You see what I'm saying, sure. Dave? Yep. And so as you think about this journey then, Dave, can you talk about your faith and putting your trust in God? Have, are there certain parts of your life that today you're better at, put, at trusting God with your life than what you were before, and how does that help with your temperance? You know, the, the one thing I can think of is when we talk about our daily routines, my, my daily routine is, is to get up early in the morning, uh, get ready for work, um, Sit down and read emails. That that's been my my uh, routine up till now. And and then you know just like we talked with my work, I, I start reading emails. I start getting escalated. I start getting worked up. Um, that, uh, yeah, that, that's emails that's, will do that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that's changed with me. Um, What's I get up in now? the morning instead and instead of, of flipping to emails, I flip to the verse of the day. Mm. Okay, so I start my morning differently. I start I. Read the word of the day or the verse of the day. Excuse me. I, I listen to their. Um, That's from the U version app. U version app, yes, okay. sir. Um, and I notice that my days go much smoother. I I, I start um, with thinking about the Lord. I start with preparing my day on how I'm going to be temperate through the day. Mm. Um, instead of uh, as I drive to work, you listen to the radio. We all listen to the radio. Um, I love I love listening to country music. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things though I I've learned listening to country music is what's country music talk about? It talks about partying and it talks about drinking and it talks about many other things that has changed in my life. Um, so I turn off the country music and I turn on some KSLT, some spiritual. Um, Mm-hmm. Christian music. Christian music, and yeah. I start listening to that on the way to work, and by the time I get to work, I'm ready to open those emails, and I'm ready to take on the day um, with a different different view. And it changes your perspective. It, it And so it's what you're saying is that you used to trust yourself for your time management. Yep. 
and how you lived that morning routine, and that morning routine then caused you to be not as temperate as what you are now, because you've given this, you've entrusted that time period to God now, and focus more on your God. And so instead of doing your work at the mine from your perspective, you're now doing it from a God perspective. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. And that and that has changed. Have has anybody seen that change in you? Uh, maybe people you interact with through email. Maybe I wouldn't say for sure about email. Um, because they, I think a few your... of the guys at at the mine are seeing it. Okay, um, I know Tracy is seeing it. Um, that that's been probably the the most meaningful to me is that I can come home at night. And you know that's the thing. I go to work with a different attitude. I come home at night with a different attitude, and she sees that. There's no doubt. You know, it's it's funny. My wife, I'm a very disciplined person. I've have been for years as far as my morning devotions, but there comes time when I miss that. I get up early and I <laughs> jump into something else, like you say, and I don't focus on the Lord first thing. And it's amazing how Karen will tell me, you know, did you do your devotions this morning? She'll ask you the question. Day off, it can, it, it yeah. really can. <laughs> and the funny thing is that she can notice that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for that. So that's a powerful thing to hear that uh, hopefully, guys, you're hearing that out there, that Dave, his full day has changed because of what he's doing first thing in the morning, that acknowledging and spending time with God uh, has changed his perspective, has changed his temperance in how he deals with uh, the day in front of him. Dave, another thing that he mentions is talking about this idea of hope, and he's talking about the hope of eternal life. I want to share, uh, It's Peter shares a passage here, it's in First Peter, and he says, praise be, uh, it's in chapter 1, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy he has given us new birth into what he calls a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so what he means by that is it's this understanding that that a living hope is something that we have the hope of eternal life, but it causes us to live today in light of the hope of eternal life. So it's the big picture of the understanding that we are God's forever. And it takes that perspective and says, okay, now I'm going to live in this moment, in this day, because of that understanding. So right. it's it's an eternal perspective looking into the moment. Dave, as you think about that in your walk, and it doesn't matter how long we've been Christians, sometimes we still struggle to get that big perspective. Can you see how, Dave, tell me about why you would think that a man who looks more at the moment with an eternal perspective will see that moment differently when it comes to temperance? I think it's just like you said, you, you have to look at the, the big picture. You, you, the moment is just, just here, and, and then it's gone. Uh, yeah. We have to look at the big picture. Um, the one thing that comes to mind is, you know— when I read the book, and I think back to the chapter, you know, uh, Gene talks about it, the decaying world that we live in, um, you know, and we all, if if we do the right things, we all have a place to go when we're done with this world, and this world is just that snapshot in time. It really is. Um, one of the things that I use, currently use, uh, from your men's group this, this summer, 
uh, you gave us all a wooden, small wooden cross and I carry that in my, in my pocket. And, um, some of the things we talked about this, this summer were, uh, fruits of the spirit. And, and the reason you gave us that cross is that we can, we can lay our burdens at the, the base of the cross. Yeah. And I carry that cross in my pocket every day with me. And when I get, uh, get to one of those tough moments, I reach in my pocket and rub the cross a little bit and think about where I can lay my burdens and everything seems to get better. Yeah. Well, it, what I do with my, you know, Karen and I have done this with our kids from time to time. And truthfully, then we do it with each other because uh, it, it's a reminder for us adults as well. But, you know, we will, when our kids are getting fired up about something, right? when they're getting intemperate, about something, we will ask them the question and we'll use our hands and we'll put our hands together closely and say, is this a little thing or is this a big big. thing? And we try to help them to understand that a big thing from God's perspective is really a little thing. Right. Because in the eternal plan, is it that big of a deal? Is it really that big of a deal when we're talking the eternal lives that we have in Christ? And because if it's from knowing that if we can lay our burdens at the foot of the cross, if we can entrust our lives to God, if God has us, he's a big God. Right. And, and if we can put our trust in him, it can change things. So the, the living hope that we can have in God helps us to live in this moment in light of the eternal lives we have in Christ. And it's a, it's a game changer. It's a perspective Absolutely changer. Absolutely it is. Yep. Uh, and then that leads us to, if if we have this perspective in God, have our faith in God, if we have this eternal hope in God, it leads us to the third thing that he talks about, and that is love. And this is the, you know, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, some of you have heard this passage before, maybe at a wedding or something. It's that passage that says, love is patient, love is kind, uh, it, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. It doesn't honor. Uh, whoops, I'm gonna, I'm reading it wrong there. It does not dishonor others. <laughs> it is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And so this is the the love he's talking about is the love that Jesus shared with us on the cross. It is completely self-sacrificing. And so if that's the love that leads us to be temperate, uh, you know, even that. You think of some of those people that have emailed you or the people that come at you at work, Dave. Uh, When they come at you, uh, sometimes we can take that personal. And it's it's not always personal. Uh, Sometimes it's just they're upset with the day that they're dealing with, and out of that anger, their frustration that they have with what they're dealing with at work, they come at you, and it feels personal. And when it gets personal, then we get personal. Right. And sometimes that temperance with that heart monitor, it kicks. And and so if we, if, it's a big if, yeah. if we can allow our faith and our living hope to move us to love even that person who's getting nasty with us, that can be a game changer as well. Can you oh, see yes. that, Dave? Absolutely. Everybody has their their good and bad days. Everybody has their problems. We all do. Um, we just have to remember that. We have to remember that everybody is, is dealing with the situation. Everybody is dealing with what they uh, believe is right at the time. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but in our eyes. But uh, yeah, and we, we just have to be willing to 
stop and and listen to their problems and try to to reason through their problems and and not build on them not not build on that stress and anxiety and and help them through that and even when it is personal to not take it personal and that's and, and it's so hard because uh, and I get that. It, it, I'm not talking this is easy stuff. This is God stuff. We can't do this on our own. Right. This is a Holy Spirit-guided thing. Uh, it's got to be, because this is we're talking sacrificial love here. You know, I, in, in my counseling, when I'm dealing with people who are hurting, usually what I say is, broken people do broken things. Hurting sure. people do hurt hurting things. Makes sense. And so if I look at each of those individuals through the eyes of Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, even when they're being personal and attacking me, or worse, if they're attacking my family, right? Uh, to look at that individual through the eyes of Christ and to say, I'm even going to love my enemy <laughs> in this moment, how can I love them? I'm not saying I'm going to let them keep hurting my family, because right. you know there are boundaries there are yep. and God would agree with that that there are boundaries I might not let them keep hurting me or my family but I still can love them where they are in this broken hurting world and that you know so yeah faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love and the hardest of these is love, love. because to love someone who's being nasty to us when we're whether it's my kid when I'm getting their routine wrong, whether it's the grandkids taking you out of your weekend, whether it's that person at work that's just being nasty to us, we have the potential by the power of the Holy Spirit to still love them and keep life steady with a temperance that he shares with us. Dave, uh, are you perfect in temperance yet? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> neither one of us, guys. We don't have any expectations that any of you out there are. There's no doubt that some of you are more temperate, and maybe because some of you have been on the journey with Christ longer, and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to move in you in this area more, and no matter what comes at you, uh, you just still have that steadiness, you have that soberness, you have that temperate uh, attitude towards others. and. Praise God, we need you in this world, because there are a lot of people in this world that the word temperance is just not part of their DNA. Uh, when life comes at them, they get emotional, and whether it's anxiety, whether it's anger, frustration, uh, it comes at them. Dave, man, this is a challenge for both of us. Yes, it is. And uh, <clears throat> thanks be to God that God will continue to change us and move us, and uh, it's cool that you're different today. Than what you were five years ago. And I'm, I'm sure Tracy agrees with me on that too. I'm sure your kids agree with me on that uh, and the people that you work with. And the cool thing is, if that's the case, five years from now, you know, the hope is that you're even going to be more temperate in your walk because of your walk with Christ. You bet. So, Dave, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Paul. It's been great having me, and it's a, it's great having me. You're in uh, one of my life groups, and uh, it is great having you in there. Uh, we're all trying to figure things out, aren't we? Yes, we are. And, uh, and none of us have that figured out yet, guys. But we are on a journey of holiness, because it's where God wants us to be. Uh, he wants us to be into a better place. He wants us to have a better life, a blessed life. And that happens as we grow more and more in Him and learn more and more of holiness. So uh, guys, it's a journey. And thanks for joining me today 
on our 44th episode. And I uh, just uh, hope that any of you who are in life groups that you'll have a great conversation about this. Hopefully you'll laugh a little bit. I don't, we're, we're men, so we don't cry, right guys? <laughs> <laughs> or if you do, hopefully you have a good cry. And, uh, but may we all continue on our walk with Christ journey towards that place called holiness. Have a great day.